I'm Kathy Martirosian. And I'm Gary Cristofero. And this is Torah Talk. The intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. Here we have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics, and where we fit into God's plans in the 21st century. If you could partner with God, would you? It's good to be back again. It is. So much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it never ceases. And we're living in interesting times. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to look at a topic today that I think impacts so many different areas of our life. Um, and probably without us even realizing it, it impacts our faith, it impacts our education system, it impacts our government system, politics, and, and, and everything. And I, So I really think it's something that's important. We may not get through this conversation in just this <laughs> short one hour. I think we could spend days on it. It's a lot to unpack, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, I was reminded of it again. Uh, I was watching one of my favorite movies, and that's my big fat Greek wedding. And you've seen that? <laughs> yeah, many years ago. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. Okay, so I watch it every once in a while because it's like my favorite movie. And I, uh, in that movie, of course, the father... Um, always says, give me a word, any word, and I'll tell you how it's Greek, you know, <laughs> and, I, it, and I laugh about it, and as I was, um, uh, years ago, when I first started getting into the Israel things, and the Hebraic stuff, um, I was talking about everything being Hebrew, and my daughter used to laugh and say, I was that father, okay, but I was, give me a word, any word, and I'll tell you how it's Hebrew, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, um, so I, I think that was legitimate why she was saying that. But, you know, we have a phrase called, it's all Greek to me. Right. You know, like, okay, so we don't understand it. I guess that, that's yeah, what Yeah, that's the, the whole idea. It's all yeah. Greek to me. But when we look at that in relation to this subject, we exist in a Greek world. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is Greek, our way of thinking is Greek, our systems, our institutions. And until I was was purposely introduced to this, I never knew that. I never no. thought about it's it. It's what you grow up with. It's it, normal. It's, it's normal. You don't As think a child, you never give that a second thought. And you don't yeah. give it a second it's, thought. It's just normal. Exactly. Yeah. But so once I did get introduced to it, then it was like, okay, major paradigm shift here. Now right. I got to think about this all the time and how this is impacting everything. But you know, we, we live in this Greek world, yet we serve a Hebrew God. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, right off the bat, it seems like that's a problem. A bit of a contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask the audience today to consider is, um, you know, is there value in considering the paradigm through which we view our world and our faith? Is there value in looking at that paradigm? I think yeah. you know, your faith, if it's important to you, and it should be, then it's there's a great value in investigating how you know what you grew up with what what are our uh, our the, the way we form our thoughts and our way of life should be something that would be uh, worth looking into yeah yes. what's our assumptions the things we yes. just kind of take for granted you right. know that kind of thing and then after looking at it is it worth is there value in learning to think more hebraically Mm-hmm. Okay, if we've got this Hebraic God who chose this Hebraic people through which to reach the world, then is there value 
and then learning to think more like that. Yeah, I think hands down the answer is yes. When you consider, I knew you were say that. <laughs> when you consider the fact that if you're reading a scripture, you're reading anything in the in the Bible at all, and you don't know, you don't know what it meant to the original audience, then you don't know what it means. Exactly. So of course there's there's value in exactly. investigating this concept. Exactly, but you know, it's just like with other things when you just right off the bat. When you say, I want to try to understand the Greek mindset, that is, by its very definition, the function of a Greek, Greek. mind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, okay. You guys, I want to define it, fit it into a neat little box so I can kind of keep control over it, yeah. you know, compartmentalize it, okay? Um, so the very attempt to define it is just, is Greek. You know, I so. think it's Greek and it's human nature. Yeah. And I think that's, that. you know, we want to try to control the uncontrollable. We, we think that we're in charge. We think that we've got, that we, we can, if we have it figured out, then somehow we are in control. You know, one of my favorite sayings is don't put God in a box right. kind of thing. We, we think that if we can kind of understand God, yeah. kind of get a little bit ahead of him, you know, figure <laughs> out what he's going to do next oh or, you know, fit him here and fit him there. You know, it is our desire for control. Well, you know, isn't that what all the, the books that are written about eschatology and prophecy, isn't that what that's all about? Exactly. We think we've got it figured out or we think if we put it in a book in a nice neat, nice, neat package, we take any anxiety out over the unknown or the un or the future rather than trusting into Trust. God. Yes. You know, we want to figure it out ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. I remember when I was first introduced to this subject, and it was um, from one uh, uh, from an organization, Bridges for Peace, that we both know and love. Sure. And they had a representative here at a church, and I remember she held up a, a coffee mug, and she said, okay, we're going to talk about this idea of Greek and Hebrew thinking, and she's going to say, okay, look at this mug. She was actually drinking yeah, from I it. I think I was there. You might have been there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. And, and she said, okay, so I want you to describe this for me, Okay. So people raised their hand and they said, well, the mug is blue and yeah. it has a gold stripe around it. And somebody said, well, it's made out of ceramic and it has this cylindrical shape. Well, all of that was correct sure. from a Greek mindset, you right, know, yeah. point of view. And so when she said to me, she said to the audience, she goes, okay, so you're all Greek here. <laughs> she goes, a Hebrew would answer this, you know, describe this, this to me. They would say, it's something that holds liquid. Right. And I thought, oh my goodness, that is so different. Describing its function. Its function. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not its appearance. Its appearance does not matter in, in a uh, Hebrew world. That's it's true. its function. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, it's again big paradigm shift. I gotta relook at everything. <laughs> but you know, that's a good that's a good um, analogy to go back to to center yourself. You know, to go to 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 put everything in that perspective rather than you know, because it's so simple. It's so simple. It's so simple. So go, you can go back and then then put your world in a in different exactly. Order. And I think if we can do this and look at our our faith and now reorient ourselves a little bit as we read the word mm -hmm. okay from this more hebrew perspective a hebrew god a hebrew messiah um i think that that is going to help us in so many ways so what i'd like to do is share some other things and uh, uh with the audience um 
is kind of an example. So it's like, okay, I'm not just making this up. Okay. <laughs> um, and one of my favorite examples, um, a, a common one, once you, you start studying this, is the idea of two, two things that to us seem very different. A deer, okay, mm-hmm. a big deer with, you know, the antlers or something in the forest and an oak tree. Okay. Now, if we were to describe those with our Greek minds, they would have very different descriptions. Completely. Because they look yeah. completely different. Sure. Okay? But the Hebrew word is the same. Isn't it's the same for both of this. Ayel means, I mean, it, it's the same word used for both this deer and this oak tree. And you're like, what? And that's because of function. Yeah. It's the function. The function here and the functional definition in, definition in Hebrew is a strong leader. Mm. Oh. Strength. Strength, leader, uh, an oak tree, the strong oak tree. You know, I got, my neighbor has one. It's definitely, I would see it as a strong leader. People come and take pictures of it and people come and study. This is a strong leader in the neighborhood of trees. (laughs) Okay. And the oak, okay. Uh, The majestic, I mean, the deer, the majestic deer, you know, with the antlers and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's interesting. So you can even look, if you're in a Bible study and you were all reading Psalm 29.9, and some of you had a New American Standard, mm-hmm. and some had a King James Version. You'd read, the voice of the Lord makes the deer to calf. But if you had an NIV, you would read, the voice of the Lord twists the oaks. Amazing, huh? The, 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 the translators from the Hebrew saw it in, in the, you know, they saw for what it was, but they... They contradict. They contradict because it could be interpreted either one of those ways, but the bigger picture is the function. Exactly. Okay? And the bigger picture is, this this verse is trying to say that the voice of the Lord Lord, uh, gets the attention of leaders. Yeah. That's what it's trying to say. Okay? It's trying to say these strong leaders, the people you see as the strongest leaders, okay, in the nation or in the world, the voice of the Lord can turn them. Yeah. And we know, we know from history, we know from the scripture, the, the strongest, the best leaders were those who heard the voice oh, of God. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I like that as kind of a, a, kind of a starting place, you know, when you sure. look at these differences. Um, you know, I, the other thing, another thing, and like I said, there's just so many of them, is the Hebrew um, focuses and centers on God. Mm-hmm. And Greek focuses and centers on man. Yeah. Yeah, we, we see so much of that today. I mean, you know, even even the idea of, have you, heard, have you heard somebody question God? Why would a loving God allow this to happen? That in itself, I think, is a question that's coming from a yeah, man-centered mm-hmm. point of view because it's putting man above God. Yes. And that's like God, man is more important. Not It's questioning his wisdom, his will, his way. We can't understand that. As you, as you earlier stated, we can't put him in a box. We don't know why all these things happen. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, to, to that, that is a, to me, is an indicator of man-centered thinking. I think it's very man-centered when you think about it. That's a, good, that's a really good point because I hadn't thought about it that way. But it's like from my tiny little pea brain right. 
I can't get this. <laughs> you know, right. I don't understand this. Right. Well, it's not about you. It's not about you us, know, really. It's not no, about no. you. I think even, um, I, I've said before, you know, that, that the verse, uh, John three sixteen. so for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and, and so forth. We all interpret that as for God so loved me. Right. Okay, Kathy, little bitty me, okay, yeah. God's, and it's not that he doesn't love me, okay, I'm not saying does, that. But, but the word is cosmos, Okay, so that it means, okay, something much bigger than me. This idea of world is correct, okay? Right. Uh, it also means his whole order. So that f- his love for the whole world may mean that sometimes things don't always go my way. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's do bigger. You, do you know, you know what's another great example of the, this, this man-centered thinking that we're seeing here? Now, of course, over the last year, I mm-hmm. guess it's been now almost. How many times have you heard... Ad nauseum, in these uncertain times, in these uncertain times, as if all the other times were certain, as if we had control over things before, when in fact we never really did. So these uncertain times, in fact, we we can't predict the future. We've never been able to predict the future. So all times are uncertain except for what the Word of God says. The only thing, in my opinion, that is certain is that if God said it, it, is, it has happened. It, whether we've seen it or not, it, is, it has happened. It, whether it's, it's a future event or if it's past event or if it's right now, it's happening because God says it has happened. Or right, it's, and it's not a surprise to It's him. not a surprise. Not, but for us him. to think that we have certainty in anything else besides God and God's Word... Mm-hmm. I think is is a misnomer. So every time I hear that term in these uncertain times, I just I have to, I think about this. That's and, really and I hadn't really put it in this context until you brought you brought brought this That's good, up. but it is related to yeah. that. It's part of our desire for control exactly. over things. Is we have to control things, and it's you know it's so all pervasive. Okay, and everything that we see, okay, in the world today is that you know is it's it's being man centered. But you know what? It exists even within our churches, okay, mm-hmm. in our theology. And um, it, it's interesting because I was looking at even um, the songs that we sing. And I, I've known this to be true. Maybe this is why we like to sing songs that are about us, yeah. okay? Yeah. It's like, okay, this is what God's doing for me, okay? Yeah, and there are a lot this of is all about me as... I was so down and out, and this was, it's all about me, it's yeah. everything's about me, and a lot of the music is like that, I was, I was looking at a, a song, He Knows My Name, and I don't need my name in lights, I'm famous in my father's eyes, make no mistake, he knows my name, I don't doubt that, okay, right. I mean, that is true, but right. he knows my name, right. okay, I'm not living for applause, I'm already so adored. Well, okay, so what we've got here is this focus is on me rather than on God. Many worship songs like that. Many, many, many worship songs like that. And I think, um, I love when I read Psalms, okay? David, in all of his anguish, and he did uh, speak out his anguish. Sure. Okay, he definitely did. But he would be right in the middle of, if all this anguish, he would turn around and say, but God is so great and th- throned, uh, you know, right. uh, is thrown over all of the earth and he created this. It'd be like right in the middle of all these guys are trying to kill me. Yes. You know, I, I love that example because I've used that myself. I, that he, when people say, is it wrong for me to cry out to God this way? And I said, no, look, David, 
uh, one of the greatest psalmists, always did that. He would cry out and express his frustration or, or observation that the enemy is winning, right. so to speak. And we know what that feels like today. Right. You know, it looks like the enemy is winning, that evil is prevailing. But, but, but by the end of that psalm, he would acknowledge that, but no, Lord, you are sovereign. You are in control. And I know this thing's going to have the outcome that you desire. Right. And he often would re remind himself. I think it's yeah. a reminding it himself is. that, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you have Israel in your hand. Yes. And things will be exactly as you, as you say they're going to exactly. be, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so he, it's like he just like got really freaked out. But then he reminded himself, sure. okay, yeah. okay, no, God's got this. And yeah. I think that's really important. It is. I think that's that human side of us that we, right. you know, you've heard me say this before. The people of the Bible were not icons on a stained glass window. Right. They were human beings like you and I, and they had emotions. They had, in this case, very strong, strong emotions. emotions. You know, his life was being threatened in, in many of these cases. And uh, those those emotions poured out. But exactly. then he put his trust in God where it belongs. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, another uh, way of looking at some of these differences, and this is probably the biggie, <laughs> yeah. is the concept, uh, the difference between Greek and Hebrew thinking, that Greek is focused on right or correct thinking. Yeah. And Hebrew, as you said earlier, you mentioned this, is on right doing. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, gosh, I think about my my whole experience in the church, and I was like, oh my goodness, all these creeds and things that you say, it's like, okay, you've got to say the right thing right. all the time, which means you have to think the right thing. You have to think, thing. you've got to hold your tongue just right when you say it. Yes, exactly. It's got to be exactly yeah. right. You know, from the Apostles' Creed that we yeah. associate with more the Catholic Church, I believe one, two, three, four. Right. It happened right. exactly like this. Yeah. Okay, no deviation. <laughs> you know, you know what? I cannot help but think about, and I hope we have some Star Trek fans out there. But there, <laughs> I know we are. I yeah. know we are, but I can't help but think of the episode where they were sent to what looked like the OK Corral, and they they Spock told them all that you can't believe that the bullets are real. You have to get it in your mind that they are there. It's an illusion. Otherwise, they will be deadly. Mm. And they said to him, well, we can't, we're not Vulcan. We can't do that. We, we have doubts. So he, you know, mind melts with them and they all have no doubt and the bullets don't hurt them. But it's that, I believe it's the way the church thinks about faith. You have to believe, 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 believe. It's a mental ascent. You have to think it right in order for it to be so. When in fact, we know that the Hebrew word for faith, the munah, means faithfulness. It's walking it out. It has nothing to do with getting all of your thoughts, thoughts right. in the right <laughs> spot. It's about doing the right thing. How exhausting know? is that anyway? Oh, you know, it's exhausting yeah. to make sure. And then and that's the way, reason we have thousands of denominations. Yeah. It's because as soon as you know, this guy doesn't agree with this thought, then you've got to create a new church, okay? Exactly. We just, we cannot all exist together exactly. in the same pews because right. this is a little bit different, you know? So this right thinking is so critical. You know, the uh, the, the Greek word, uh, the, the word heresy, the Greek word for that, um, ha erasis, is really just means an opinion. Mm. Okay, 
Now, we have an idea of what, what heresy is. Whoa, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, that is the wrong kind of thinking in church, yeah, okay? It's the yeah. wrong kind of thinking. But in its original Greek form, it started as a just a choice or an opinion, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, then it's come to being other things. But it's interesting that in uh it, that even that's even morphed over time it's become more greek so to speak in a, in a way because it's it's become a right or wrong opinion right. you know now even the bible it does talk about paul talk he uses uh, destructive heresies he talks about that in second peter and those were those were ways of thinking that denied the sovereign lord yeah okay now sure. that's a problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that, a problem. That's gone a little too far. Right? <laughs> okay. That maybe yes, you could say is a is a heresy yeah. in the way that we understand it. Okay. But um, but this idea that you and I have differences in opinions exactly how things are going going to go down sometime. Okay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. prophecy. Let's say that in particular. You know, um, uh, is it, a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different thing. And 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 I. Uh, I, and and we uh, we feel like we have to we always separate and uh, you have to go to a different church if you believe that you know baptism has to happen at this time versus that time or, right right know, and and thing. if you look if you look at the uh, the Hebrew um, the Chumash it's the, the Hebrew um, commentary uh, you see differencing difference of opinion regarding the interpretation of a passage. But again, it's usually in how it is to play out, or is it, or it could be something in the way of um, a midrash, which is yes. you know a way of filling in the dots between scriptures how it came to be. And so there's differencing uh, difference of opinion in that, and yet it's accepted amongst the you know the the Jewish thought that that is okay. This this sage said it this way. This particular rabbi said it this way but they both could have uh you know part of the truth or or both could be right they both could be right it's a it's a concept of instead of an either or it's a this and this yes could both be true yeah and it reminds me of uh, another torah teacher um that i that i i learned from and he he explained it this way and i really really like this he said the church has kind of an idea of a wall separating truth from heresy so to speak okay and you've got to be on the correct side of this wall and your way of thinking is either this or it's this okay you're inside the wall you're outside the wall okay and that's (laughs) it don't want to be outside the wall but he taught us to think and i think this is beautifully hebraic uh to think of this truth as a um a sheepfold Mm-hmm. Okay, so it does have boundaries. Okay, there are some boundaries, yes, and you can course. be outside the sheepfold. The boundaries are set there for your protection, and the shepherd made them. Okay, sure. But within the sheepfold, you could have some little sheep who kind of like to stay at the north end of the sheepfold, yeah. and some little sheep who prefer the south end. Mm-hmm. And there might be a bunch of sheep who like the center of the sheepfold. Yeah. They're still all in the sheepfold. Yeah, I like that. You That's know, good. Yeah. so you you have a a a sheepfold of of ideas and beliefs and theology that could all kind of work together. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pick this or that. Right. You know. Now, 
you know, okay, let's use the example. I, I remember doing this with a friend. We were going to go look through the Bible because, you know, the, 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 about the discussion of it was Jesus man or is Jesus God, okay? Mm. Oh, my gosh. So you go back and you look at that throughout the Gospels and all this, and you can line up a bunch of statements saying he's clearly God, he's saying he's God, and then clearly he he's subordinate to God in some way, okay? Yes. You know, you can, you can have both. But in our church thinking, we have to pick one that's right. And then we kind of like ignore all the other ones. Okay, those are all wrong. But in the sheepfold, all of those ideas can fit together. Now, what you can't say is uh, Jesus was a bear, Okay. <laughs> you know, that doesn't fit in the sheep. Right. That's okay? outside the walls. That's outside the walls. Yeah. So you don't go there. Okay. Yeah. But within this sheepfold, you yeah. can do that. Yeah. And that's a, a very Hebraic way of yes. thinking. And it's comforting yes. um, in a way that, okay, now I can get along with other people who don't mm. think exactly like well, I do. I think, I think uh, as you're speaking, I, I think of an example of, um, that should be comforting to everyone if if there's those who find strength in the fact that Yeshua or Jesus, as most people know him, was a Torah observant Jewish man or from the tribe of Judah, that that, that gives them strength in knowing you know uh, the consistency in in the Bible and in his character. There might be others who say, but he was such a compassionate man. He you know he. He, he showed how uh, his, his humanness, you know, he showed grace and mercy. And, you know, that might be something that people are drawn to. But are, are both true? Yes. You know, so they're all within the sheepfold. They're, I mean, his character, his, his, uh, the man uh, that came from God expressed all of these attributes. That's right. I think that was one of the things where they... Uh, talk about historically when Jesus came riding in on a donkey mm -hmm. and uh, many of the, the Jewish people, the leaders and so forth, were looking for a, uh, a, a savior, a deliverer that wasn't going to come riding in on the back of a donkey. Right. Okay. They uh, had this, um, you know, this idea of a conqueror king and, yeah. and, and that's in the Bible. Sure. Okay. It's also in the Bible that he was the suffering servant. Right. Okay. But if you were going to pick one or the other and not be able to say both, then you miss out on something really important. Yeah. You know? yeah. In, in Hebraic thinking, they understood that there was a Mashiach ben Yosef yes. and a Mashiach ben David which is what you just described, mm -hmm. a suffering servant versus the conquering king. We know that he, or, and it's our, our belief that he is both. That's right. And it doesn't, it doesn't shake us in any way to believe that. Exactly. He, he can be both of those things, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. So I think that's a really good way uh, to look, even if we're having discussions with people, um, you know, that Hebrew idea of midrash that we've been involved in, you know, all the time, mm -hmm. is, okay, let's get those opinions out there. Okay, let's get those opinions. Let's hear from someone. You know, you, you don't have to necessarily have one person who has all the answers and knows everything, right. you know. But let's, let's get some things out there. And then, okay, does that fit in the sheepfold or does that not fit in the sheepfold? Yeah. You know, but it's more inviting also to, to involve more people yeah. in this whole discussion. And then this might be a good place to say this then. Yes, if, if anybody thinks that they know it all or, or is following somebody who thinks they, they know, know it all, they've got a problem. I mean, nobody has a monopoly on, on, on all this truth. 
Um, you know, Yeshua was the way, the truth, the life, we believe. And he showed, he personified the example for us. But did he um, expound on all of the mysteries of the scripture? Uh, I, I don't believe he did ever did. We still have a lot of things to, to sort out, but that is, again, part of this journey, which in the Hebraic journey is you don't have to have all the answers. It's better to have more questions. Than it that's is. right. Well, for every time you get an answer, then you get like three questions. Three more questions. And, that's, and, then, and you mentioned the Midrash. And that's where the council of many peers, you know, it's so, it's so enjoyable to do what we do on Friday night mm -hmm. and hear a little bit from everybody yeah. because everybody may see see a different nuance about the things exactly. that we're talking about. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at a big thing in uh, Christianity is this uh, concept of apologetics. Mm -hmm. And people spend a lot of time doing it, and I, I would in no way, you know, uh, uh, wouldn't criticize that. I just want to say that it's a very Greek way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Because with apologetics, you're once again trying to establish a, a defense Okay, of Christianity based on systematic or um, arguments. Okay, to convince listeners to think in a certain way. Yeah. Okay, so it 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 requires kind of a dogmatic. Okay, you got to believe this this way, and then this comes from that, and that comes from that to get down to the end. But it's a way of of trying to make sure you've got people programmed to think correctly about something. Yeah. And that's Im very important within the church. It is very important. And I think it leads this this stress or this um, focus on, on the mental part of this, the right belief system, leads to, I think, sometimes being overly spiritual about Scripture too. Mm -hmm. Because things that we don't understand. And I think it's that, that over-spirituality of those in 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 the church they cause them to have a hard time with the practical, the practical real life israel today you're right you know when we when we want to spiritualize israel we want to figure it out how how we somehow are you know and again in the replacement theology thinking how we, the church or we have become israel that that way of thinking causes people to miss the reality of today's Israel, today's Jewish people, today's, the, the, you know, the, the miracle that's happening before our eyes in such a practical way that it's, it's missed if you're being over-spiritual. Right, it. exactly. It, it, you get, you, you think about it too hard, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Rather than just do it, you know, right. rather than just do what the word says yeah. uh, and in fact we've developed a a church that often will say almost purposely no we don't have to do what the word says right okay that's a good point it's, uh, you know now we've we've either spiritualized it so much we don't have to 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 actually do right any of this but but clearly you know the word teaches us even in the new testament it's by the doing that that god knows who we are okay absolutely you know I, it's that, as soon as you said that, I, I, had, I had my Bible open to James, and this is what I wrote. Of course, you know, James was after King James, his brother of Jesus was Yaakov. But if you open your Bibles to the book of James, um, in my first page of this book, I wrote this down. Mental ascent is a subtle form of self-deception, just one step removed from hypocrisy. It's mental ascent is not enough. We can't just say, yes, I believe. There's no proof 
in the world. There's no proof to anybody sitting next to you or working with you or in your family that you, what, what your, your life is about if it's just mental ascent. There has to be a doing. There has to be a following. And that's what I, I, I so firmly believe that Yeshua's life was about demonstrating, actualizing, personifying the Torah, about being being, being the, Torah. the Torah, yeah, you know, because the new, the new, <laughs> you, want, you know what, the, the, the New Testament church, you know the two things the New Testament church doesn't have? What's that? The, the New Testament and the church. <laughs> they, what, sit, think I about think it. I think you're going I, into heresy. You know, <laughs> I'm talking about the, you know, when, when we talk about this New Testament church mm-hmm. that started in the first century, they, they didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have these words that we're reading that I just, I was about to read from James. They didn't have that to read. They didn't have the New Testament. And they, they, of course, they didn't meet in a church. They were part of a synagogue or the temple. So the two things this so-called New Testament church didn't have is the New Testament church. Oh my goodness. Now, I wasn't my, I heard another teacher say that, but I, I can't remember who it was now. But that cannot be the right way of thinking, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Now, in, in Greek thinking, that was heresy, right? Exactly, exactly. exactly. But is so it the truth historically? Yeah. Historically, we know if, if anyone wants to stop and really think about it, when Yeshua was walking, when the disciples were walking, when Paul was, was walking and teaching and, and all these things were, there, there was no New Testament. Mm-hmm. When they spoke about doing the Word, they were speaking about the Torah. Yeah, right, exactly. For over 25 years, Ezra International has been helping the poorest of the poor Jewish people escape poverty and persecution. In fact, almost 80,000 Jewish people have now returned to Israel with our help. The average cost to rescue one Jewish person is $360. Your gift of just $30 a month over one year can help return a Jewish person to Israel and restore their hope for a better future please go to EzraInternational.org and give your best gift today. You know, I, I love, love the, the idea of doing the Word. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're doing the Word. And those of us who learn the, this Hebraic way of thinking, one of the first words that we learn is Shema. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, then we learn the Shema, okay, uh, Deuteronomy uh, 6, and it says, Hear, O Israel. But this word here, Shema, doesn't mean just an auditory experience, it means uh, to hear and obey, to hear and do. Okay, I found something that I'd love to read to the audience because I thought it was brilliant and beautiful. I found this from a website called Torah Life Ministry. Mm-hmm. And it explains what Shema means. Okay? okay, Shema means to listen and pay full attention as if your life depended on it. Wow. And once you paid attention and heard what is said, begin immediately to incorporate what has been said into your life and adapt every aspect of your thought, life, speech, and conduct to what you've heard and begin to memorize and teach it to your children and demonstrate it to the world until you and the world around you is transformed into the image of the words you hear. Wow. 
That's How beautiful. How powerful is that? That is beautiful. Uh, it is just the 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 fullness of what that word means from a Hebraic perspective is it changes everything in your life. Yeah. If it doesn't change, if the word doesn't change everything in your life, you know. You're right. You're absolutely. That's walking out. That's what the Hebrew word halacha means to walk, and and it's actually literally translated the way. Which going back to that first test, new, uh, first century uh, group of believers, they were called the way because it means to walk it out. It means to it, it becomes a part of everything, every everything that you are. It cannot just be a, a, a mental ascent of a, a, a mental belief system. It has to make you who you are. It has to be who you are. Yeah. I, I think it's a beautiful way of thinking. I, yeah. I think it's. It's so much more powerful and meaningful. And, and actually, in some ways easier, in some ways harder than that whole mental ascent because you're trying <laughs> to force your brain into certain things. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, like the Nike logo, just do it. Just, okay, just yeah. do it. What it says, just yeah. do it. What would Jesus do? Okay, what did Jesus do? Okay, he just did the Torah. Okay, yeah. so okay, yeah. let's just, just do it. Yeah. So I think that's a... Uh, that's a biggie. That whole idea about uh, uh, just um, uh, you know actually doing versus the way you think is a huge paradigm shift mm -hmm. from from the Greek way of thinking to a Hebrew way of thinking. I wanted to look at another one about this concept of uh, Greek kind of focuses on abstract ideas, and we just mentioned these concrete things. Okay, the doing is very concrete. Okay. Right. But what, what the Bible tends to use is uh, it explains concepts in terms of things in the world that we can understand, okay? So, you know, someone, a righteous man, he's like a tree, okay? He's like a tree. Mm -hmm. now, okay, once again, that goes back to appearance. We don't really look like a tree, right, okay? Right. Okay, but he's upright, okay? Yeah. Upright, righteous, Okay. Planted by streams of water, this concept of water, this is that grace that kind of flows out, okay? Mm -hmm. All right? It yields its fruit. Mm -hmm. We all know as believers, fruits are our deeds, our good deeds, That's okay? Right. If it's good fruit, all right? Yeah. And in season, and whose leaf does not wither. That means there's prosperity there for this man. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying the righteous man is full of grace and good deeds and will prosper, the Bible says he's a tree by streams of water that yields yields good fruit, okay, and the leaves don't wither. How beautiful is that? It's a, it's a beautiful picture, and, and but yeah, and again, so practical, because if if that water source is the living is the living water is the word of God, it's flowing through you mm -hmm. and it gives you life mm -hmm. and you produce fruit. I mean, it's such a beautiful picture, mm -hmm. but it's all about action it's all about doing it's life yes. it's it's life streaming and teeming you know yes. within you it's coursing through your veins exactly. it's everything about you and it produces and the right kind of how simple fruit. is it that yeah. god in his creation this i find this fascinating that in his creation all of these um things that we're to understand about him and who we are to be are all built into things we see in uh -huh. creation, uh -huh. okay? Things that we experience. One Torah teacher said, he said, if you want to know God, 
you know, he said to look at the home, the family, and the field. Okay, those basic concepts will mm. explain everything that you need to know in Torah. Okay, yeah. And I was like, and and I I remember this, um, even when I'm like gardening. Okay, yeah. and I pull out the weeds, and I leave the thing that I want to continue growing. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is profound. Is when God comes back, who's going to be left behind? It's not going to be the weeds. That's right. <laughs> you the know, the tears, the, I, and not to mention chair. that I look at, I get into, a, I get a weed out of my yard, and I am digging down into the root to yeah. get that weed and get try to, to get that. You got to work at it. Yeah. You know that one from the top, it doesn't even look like it's that much, and then the root is like, whoa, it's way down in there. And when I'm doing that, that's why I love working in the yard. It gives me such a time to reconnect with God and what His basic spiritual principles are. Sure. That he used throughout the word, the whole yeah. the whole word, and so you have like Israel is described as an olive tree. Uh huh. Well, if you learn anything about olive trees, they're indestructible. That's right. They always come back. They come back. There's some of those some of those trees at the Garden of Gethsemane are were there uh, two thousand years ago. Exactly. Easily. I, I read. I mean, we've had you know uh, tour guides in Israel talk about the trees and how they've burned olive trees yeah. and they come back. They've paved over olive yes, trees and the tree that. comes back up yes. through the road. Yes. You 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 don't can't get rid of them. You yeah. can't and. Wow. But see, isn't that, again, going back to the nation of Israel, it's the same picture. Because if anybody has eyes to see, ears to hear, and they read God's word, and you see his promises of their restoration and their return, and then all you have to do, you don't, I I would prefer that you go, you you know, you and I have been, you see it for yourself. But even if you haven't been, open your, you know, open a Go online, open a book. You can see that Israel has been reborn. Israel is there. It is a picture, just as that tree planted by the water or those weeds that you were pulling out spoke to you about his principles. So too is the rebirth and and the regathering of the nation of Israel. That same incredible example of God's faithfulness or his word being true. You know, we can see, it. I, always, I describe it as, as a billboard or a giant flare or something that God is saying, hello, here I am, here you I know, am. Exactly. in the world today. While the world's going about its business and hating them, well, they're Well, and then we go look it. for signs. We look for yeah. signs in places yeah. where there's not signs. We're like, okay, here's these big signs right here. Come right on, knock, 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 here they are, you know, right, yeah. and, and, and we miss those. You know, people, uh, you know, even the disciples asked Jesus, why are you talking parables? You know, he's using these very concrete things, yeah. okay, to to help explain uh, spiritual ideas and concepts and who he is. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like, you right. know, a merchant in search of fine pearls. It's like a treasure hidden in a field. It's like this leaven that a woman took and hid. All of these very mundane, that you know, that the, the house, the family, and the field kinds of things. Yeah. Everybody can get it. Yes. It does not require you to go to college. You do not have to have some kind of special understanding to get these truths. In right. fact, the special understandings usually get in the way. They, they usually do. Yeah. And uh, you, you and I have both gone to college, but thank God they didn't ruin us. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there are so, there's so much being taught out there that is contrary to the Word of God. 
and uh, it's pervasive. Unfortunately, we, we're, we're witnessing the results of that in our nation today. But that's why, that's why also in, the, in our Newer Testament, it talks about how no one's going to have an excuse because you can look at the things created by God yeah. and they speak to who he is, okay, and in his sovereignty. And so it, it, it's very simple. Yeah, man always complicates it. Yeah. You know, man yeah. always makes things more complicated and has to make things harder you know, and it was just similar to like even like the dark ages. They wanted to hide. How do you get into heaven? You know, yeah, so it's only yeah. for a special group of people, you know, to know that yeah. kind of thing. And it's not like that. God just put it out there everywhere. Yeah. You know, but there's a strange dichotomy today because people are looking for the easy button when it comes to their faith because they don't want to do the Torah. They don't want to do the word. So they think it's the easy button when in fact what they've just done it's complicated their lives. They've made it worse by by not being obedient to God. You have opened the door for deception. You've opened the door for all kinds of. Uh, I mean, I I just you're missing the blessing. There's such a blessing in the obedience to God and and doing His word. And so, in the attempt to make it easy, I think we complicate matters. Well, that's so much like fun, isn't it? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, another thing I wanted to look at was this idea of. Uh, Greek linear thinking versus Hebrew cyclical thinking. Uh-huh. Okay, this was this is a really big one too. It is. Um, you know, the linear thinking is one thing comes after the other, after the other, after the other. Okay, in a line. Okay, think of a timeline. Okay, in school, and there's there's nothing. I mean, and so everything is new. You know, you you always look forward to the future, but you don't know anything about the future, <laughs> right. of course, okay? Right. You know, but there's always something's getting better in the future. Um, but the Hebrew way of thinking is a cycle. Things go through cycles. Once again, look at, you know, the cycles of the moon, the cycles of the sun, the cycles of the season, the cycles of the week. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, all of these things are cycles. So in Hebrew... Uh, it's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, we see patterns of God. That I, I love that word, and I, and I love you know where you're going with this because God has shown us His way in 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 the in the past, and then we see the patterns repeat themselves. As you said, nothing new under the sun. Um, you know, it may be in a more modern age, but it's the same principle. It's the same. Uh, uh, you know, deliverance of God. Say, for for example, we we see the pattern of the Exodus. We saw the 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 we're studying right now in the Torah cycle the the the, uh, the Exodus from Egypt. And as I mentioned a moment ago, the regathering of Israel in our day is set after that pattern. Exactly, we're seeing it play out again. And we, as the people of the nations, can benefit from the fact that God said we would know him through this. That when we see these things happen, we would we would know that it is him. Just like you said that back to uh, Moses. Exactly. He said that they will know, Egypt will know me That's okay, right. through all of these things that I'm going to do. 
That's okay, right. So that's the pattern. That's the pattern. That was that was set up. And then that that whole pattern of deliver the, the deliverer as Moses as mm-hmm. kind of a prototype deliverer and Yeshua as 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 a God sent deliverer. Those patterns, um, we look at those patterns and we know we can trust God that that's it right. was it was before, it will be again. Yes. Over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Well think think about that. I mean if you're if you're in uh, Egypt during the time of Joseph, you see, you see this wonderful favor that the Hebrew people have, and you're you're accepted, you're 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 prospering, you're doing great. Well, then Joseph dies, and the Pharaoh that raises up that didn't never knew Joseph, and of course we see the persecution start, and now you have people who, at some point, will forget about the promises God made. And then you have others who always remember mm-hmm. those promises God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they will cling to them, and they will hold on to them, and they will teach them to their children. And their children will grow up. And so after many generations, there's still those who trust God will, do, will, will make good on His promise. And then there are those who say, it'll never happen. You know, you forget about trusting in this invisible God. It will never happen. So but they know that because they've seen that in the past. Yes. They know to look back that it's not, uh, it's not a, these things have never happened before. You right. know that because God was faithful in the past in exactly. this pattern. And that's this cycle, this pattern cycle, you know, we use this interchangeably. Uh, that's how you know, that's where you get your faith for tomorrow. Exactly. And that's what I'm, what I'm getting at is that we have that example where those who held on and cried out to God and he delivered. Now, we can, we can apply that to our own life, mm-hmm. and we can apply it to the modern state of Israel. We know that, you know, you might think, well, why would we want to gather up these, these, these Jewish people from all over the world and send them back to this dangerous neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, with Israel's, all its enemies around that want them dead, you know. Uh, but yet, look back at that example and know that the promises that God made to them are still in existence today. That pattern will repeat. It will, it will cycle around again where Israel will once again be you know, the, the, nation, the, uh, the, the glory of the whole earth as well, it was that, before. That example is perfect, and it kind of morphs us right into a very related topic in this Greek-Hebrew thing, this idea of Hebrew, idea of truth versus knowledge or reason, which is very Greek. And, you know... Um, in Greek thinking, okay, they use these these tightly contained logical steps, okay, way of thinking, which which bring a, a premise at the beginning to a reasonable conclusion, step by step oh. by step, and you have to follow this logical, rational, uh, you know, uh, opinion. I mean, logical, rational things straight through. Okay, so that. That is a uh, progressive-looking Greek way of thinking. Uh-huh. Now, compare that to a Hebraic way of thinking, okay? Um, and in a Hebraic way of thinking, they use something called block logic, okay? okay? Yeah. Concepts were expressed in self-contained units of truth. That truth came from God, okay? Mm-hmm. And those were, they, 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 were no, they didn't necessarily fit together in a nice order, but it's a, this is a truth of God, right. okay? You could say this is a pattern of God, yeah, okay? That sure. would be another word when we were talking about pattern, mm-hmm. okay? It may not seem rational, okay? Um, you just said that. 
bringing Israel, the, the people of Israel back to a nation surrounded by uh, nations hostile to them at this point doesn't seem like a rational thing to do. Right. Okay. But the pattern, the block logic way of thinking about that is God has got this taken care of. That's right. Okay. That is his pattern. That's what he does. Um, I, so I, I was also going to show to talk about Jeremiah 32. There's mm -hmm. a really interesting story there where the army, the Babylonian army, is standing outside of Jerusalem. They are within hours of taking over the, uh, Jerusalem, attacking mm -hmm. it, destroying mm -hmm. the temple, and all of that. And God tells the prophet Jeremiah to go buy a house and some land there. You're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's very okay. much like what we were just talking about. Exactly. Go, go live there. Go, go live there. there. The, the armies life. are coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, if, if, if Jeremiah the Greek would go, are you crazy? That right. doesn't make any sense at all. Now, luckily, God told Jeremiah why he was doing that. He doesn't always give us the why. Sure. Okay, he doesn't always do that. But he says, the reason is because houses, fields, and vineyards will again be bought in this land. He's looking to a future when he is going to bring them back. Right. Okay? So that's that block of truth doesn't fit nicely into any kind of logic or reason. Right. But it's a, a pattern or a block of truth that supersedes is more important than any logical reasoning pattern. It does require a lot of trust. Yeah. Okay? It requires a lot of trust. But what's interesting is, you know, Jeremiah, he doesn't ask, okay, why do I have to do this? Now, like I said, it's lucky that God told him, but God doesn't always tell us. <laughs> That's you true. You know, but, you know, the, the Greek always asks, why? Why am I doing this? Why do I have to do this? Why does this? We hear it all of the time. Um, for instance, when we talk about the the uh, dietary laws, okay, mm -hmm. uh, we're people are always searching for the why. Yeah. Would God not want us to eat pigs or you know the 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 uh, other things that He says bottom not to feeders. eat? Yeah. Bottom feeders, and and there could be some whys to that, but the answer is really oh because because God, God said so. Exactly. Yeah, there you're right. There are some whys. There are some very scientific and real, uh, realistic reasons why. Thing, these things are unhealthy for you, but that really shouldn't matter to us. If we trust him, if we believe he is who he says he is, and he said it, that should be the end of the discussion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, it's a good thing that a lot of these Hebrew, uh, these Hebrews, the prominent uh, people in the Bible, they didn't ask why. You know, we look at the story, for instance, of Abraham. Okay, and God's mm. like, okay, I'm going to give you this son, and through him, all of these blessings are going to occur. And then the next chapter, okay, go up and sacrifice him. <laughs> and we don't see a record of, of Abraham saying, why am no, I doing don't. that? Okay, we see him obediently doing it because he trusts yeah. God. And what does the word say about his trust, his obedience? It was accounted to him as righteousness. Exactly. I think that's an important verse that we overlook uh, too often. He, he walked it out. Uh, again, there, as you said, there's no account of him questioning why. We do know that he made his mistakes over the years, but he walked out exactly what God asked him to do. Exactly. So, you know, if, if for the Hebrew way of thinking, this idea of truth matters it's primary but the truth is the truth of god yes and uh, because god is truth 
then we can trust. That's right. Okay? Um, and full so, confidence. Full confidence that we can go forward. And you know what? We have to remind ourselves of that <laughs> all the time. All the time. But, I, I found that a lot lately, you know. Yeah, I understand that because, you know, going maybe going back to that analogy I used with Star Trek, what we see seems to be reality. What we see in front of us, what we see going on, what we where where we see our nation headed, it just sometimes can be overwhelming. That how is this possible for you know right a, a good people to behave this way, and yet uh, we know that when we look at God's word, that this pattern will play out as well. I mean, Yeshua said, "As in the days of Noah." as in the days of Lot. We know what the, the world looked like back in that time. Why should we be surprised if mankind goes in that direction again, except for a remnant, thank God, of those, of, uh, those of us who see his word, take it seriously, know that he meant what he said, and we can walk in, and it's, it's really that fish going the opposite way in the stream. You know, I always say only dead fish go with the flow. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that is where the, the, the dead, are, you know, let the dead bury the dead. They're going in that direction. We cannot follow that, that, uh, that flow. We have to be going God's way. And, and, and so we have to stop and remind ourselves, okay, we'd have to stop and look at the patterns, the blocks of truth that God has given mm -hmm. us in the past, okay, as Hebrew thinkers, um, and, and look back to that, remember, remember, remember. That's we right. talked about that before. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's why uh, those of us who are doing this remembering and trying to remember um, are, are so concerned when the world says, let's move forward. I get really scared of that <laughs> word, okay? <laughs> let's yeah. move forward or let's, uh, we're looking for progress. Yeah, like, no, thinking. man's yeah. progress is never better, okay? Right. There's nothing, no progressive move that man can make where he does right. something better than is what it, God did. Isn't it interesting how, how obvious it is when you know the truth? That the word, even the words progressive mm -hmm. or moving forward, used by you know communist systems over the years to promote their efforts. And what are what is a communist system but anti God, godless? And yet, that is it, you know, but it's very obvious that it is, is the antithesis of what God wants. You know, a, that he would have us to look back, to, to, be rem, to, to remember his ancient path and to stay on it the way. That, that we're supposed to walk is contrary to the way that the world is going. Right, and so we have to remind ourselves and remind each other of this way, remember what God has done um, each and every day, yeah. be renewed in that. You yeah. know, it, it, it requires that each and every day. But I, I would encourage every, you know, everyone, if you're thinking um, as a Hebrew, you, you're remembering those things, you're remembering those patterns, you're remembering the deliverance, um, you're trusting in Him, and that brings a lot of comfort. The future, we don't know in the Greek sense what the future holds, but in the Hebrew sense, we know the patterns. That's right. We know the promises. Right. Maybe, maybe that's another way of putting it. We know what God has promised, and you talked about comfort, um, I think it's a comfort in knowing that we can, that's why we get together, 
That's why we get together and study the Torah, or if you have your if you have a prayer group, and it's why we get online and do what we're doing here, so that if there are those out there who think they're the alone, are the only ones thinking this way, they can take comfort in knowing that they're not alone, and that there is a remnant. There are people who believe this way, think this way, and more importantly, are walking this way. Exactly. I think that's a great place for us to end our probably our first installment and in the differences sure. between Greek and Hebrew thinking yeah i remember kathy if we could partner with god would you right exactly that's, that's, the, doing. Do. Yes. that's the doing that's, that's the doing that's it that's it thank you for listening please join us next time on torah talk <laughs>